Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the fate of heart dare not discuss. But three brave uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mandis. Welcome to Dawn of Mantis Mysteries, True Crime and More. True Crime Mysteries are more. You know, that sounds better. Any way you want to spin it. Yeah, any way you want to spin it. Joe, Sam, and Ivan here. Joe, what's going on tonight? You must know. Yes. Uh, well, I had an <laughs> amazing experience. Well, I teased it before. Is it, is it an amazing experience? It was pretty amazing. Okay. It's time for a bidet, mate. All right. Bidet, mate. <laughs> So Ivan and I get here early to the studio today to record because we're always jonesing for podcast night. And uh, uh, Sam has to run an errand. Sam's out. You know, it's just Ivan and I hanging out here. And so, uh, you know, we're just humans. I got to drop a deuce. You know what I mean? Drop the kids off at the pool. Take the Browns to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But anyway, so I go into <laughs> Sam's bathroom. Now, I have used this bidet before and we spoke about it on the podcast, but only to test drive it. I had not used it organically. <laughs> <laughs> By which I mean following a duke, correct? Okay. Well, and also I don't think you had used yours no. yet either. Oh yeah, that was the first. Your yeah. bidet was the first to ever touch these buns. Yeah, that's special. I take pride in that. <laughs> so what I I prefer. What's funny is yours is a lux, is it not? It is. We have the exact same kind, yes. but yours must be. Yours is like dialed in. Yours is like DC sniper accurate. And mine <laughs> spend a lot of time with it. What what do you have to what what's different about yours? Well, I do my business. It's the same brand. You gave yeah. them you yes. gave them both to us. Yeah. Well, so I do my business and then I reach down and I hit yours, right? First off, I do I want to compliment your water pressure. That's what I was about to say. It might have something to do with the water pressure. I'm sure it is. Water pressure was great. Um, I've got decent water pressure at my house, but it's the angle. So here's the thing. It still hit the bullseye just like it does at my house, but it hit it at a different angle. So it was a much cleaner experience here. Like at okay. my house, you're getting water halfway up your crack, running down your balls, on your thigh a little. Maybe it has something to do with the toilet also. Oh, yeah, the toilet shape. Could be. It could be. We've got to look into that. We do. We we need to take some measurements, maybe do some 3D imaging of both our toilets. <laughs> Get all CSI on this. We could make like a mannequin and ha it could have like a laser scanner and a camera <laughs> and it could be like CSI. It's like, oh, yeah, that's coming out at 87 degrees. Yeah. It, something is different. Do you have yeah. the toilet spacers on under your seat? Uh, oh. I don't know. I'll have to go home and look. Something is, something well, is different. I added toilet spacers under the seat when I got the bidet. Okay. Oh, you did? Yeah, maybe that has something to do with it. I didn't. Oh. I'm pretty sure I didn't. So maybe that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't know you added toilet spacers. Yeah, that's it's nice just because touch. of the, how the, the bidet sets, the seat sets on that bidet. And if you don't have them on the front of it, then you're actually putting pressure oh, down yeah, I get what you're on the top part of the bidet. Okay. I think we may have figured it that out. That might be it. Yeah. His toilet's really tricked out. Yeah. It's like highly customized. <laughs> <laughs> it's not heated, though. Yeah, but you know what? I, I don't need it. I mean... No. 
while it is a little bit uncomfortable at 3 a.m. and on a winter's night for the butt cheeks to just hit that cold plastic, just for a second, though, it warms up pretty fast, right? I think it's fine. You know, it helps <laughs> battle the swampiness of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe if you've got enough hair growing on the cheeks back there, there's a there's a layer between there anyway. You may not know. Maybe that's why it's not so bad for you guys. I don't know what you got going on back there, but <laughs> I don't need to know. I don't like hair, but... <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's an interesting observation, Jim. Yeah, that's an interest. It's a bidet, man. It's probably just because of the seats up just a little bit more. The angle's Could a little be. bit different. It's the same model, so it has to be the exact spacers. Exact same, yeah. You need to install spacers if you want the uh, red beard sound experience. That's. I think I will, because it was pleasant. It course, was downright. that's not in the studio. I just want... Just to know this is a professional place. No, it's out. That's out of the studio. It's. It was so pleasant that I just let it run for quite a while. Maybe you put a bidet in the vocal room when someone's having trouble hitting that high note, they could dial it in. You yeah. Know? It's like, especially if it's cold water. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It could work. Bidet, mate. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so, so do we have an episode, <laughs> We do, and we. this is my favorite way to start a podcast is when both of you have not a clue what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I actually don't have a clue. I don't even have a guess. We've already finished, I think, all the golden era TV <sighs> stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to move on past that for a little while. That was fun. I like that little kind of little soiree and the old, you know. I thought you were going to say golden era contactees. No, 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 no. That was cool, too. That was a fun was series. A few years ago, yeah. Yeah, go back and yeah. listen to that. We are going to be talking about this is super random, but uh, the other day something just leapt up in my craw and I was like, I wonder how the Olympics got started. Oh. So we're, okay. we're going to do like a brief history of both the ancient and the modern Olympics. But what I kind of stumbled into when I was doing this research was just some really bizarre, crazy ass stuff that has occurred at the first few modern Olympics. Okay. Because they were still getting a feel for it. It was, it had been 1500 years since they'd done the original Olympics in Greece. And no one had a clue really how to still how to go about this. And man, the growing pains are hilarious. Just absolutely freaking hilarious. And I there's to, some I foresee some like accidents, like macabre, like there's some accidents. There was like I'm thinking make, javelins and all kinds of crazy stuff. That word. Making rules up as you go. Yeah, macabre. <laughs> I, yeah, that's I, I'm gonna start using it. I haven't <laughs> I I haven't used it till a few episodes ago. There we go. Super macabre. Yeah. And and hilarious. <laughs> All right, yeah, this is, this sounds good. I like it. Nice surprise. Well, we have to start with the ancient Olympics. We do. The ancient Olympic Games were a series of athletic contests in which contestants from each city-state in Greece would compete for the honor of Zeus. The games were always held at Olympia, uh, as opposed to now they're in a different city. You know, yeah, each, oh each yeah. time yeah. they were always held at Olympia, and only Greek men were allowed to compete. There were no medals for first place. Instead, competitors fought. For glory! Wow! And a wreath or crown made of olive wreaths. Okay. The makes, first... It just makes me think of the, the SpongeBob Bikini Bottom Bowl, man. <laughs> That's just still the best. Sweet victory? Yes, I love Sweet That's Victory. That's so good. We have brought that up a handful of times yes. on this podcast. It's a, it's a great song. <laughs> it never gets old. I can watch that yeah. clip so many That's times. That's probably one of the best ones. It yeah. really is. Where Spongebob just rises yes. out yeah. of the stage. It's yeah. great. Really That's... showed Squilliam fancy pants in there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I've seen that? 
I just proved it dead. I love Squidward's face when they're actually doing good. Yeah, yeah he's as what? surprised as him. <laughs> well, the first ever Olympic Games occurred in 776 BC. Oh, really? Yes. And consisted of just one foot race. Okay. That's it. That was it. Short Olympics. <laughs> but by 200 BC, the games had grown to include multiple variations of horse, chariot, and cart racing. Ivan. <laughs> yeah. Long distance running, boxing, wrestling, and pancration, which is basically no holds barred fighting, very similar to mixed martial arts. Oh, hmm. I thought it was something That's to a, do with like a pancreas? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we try pancreation. That sounds punch each other in the pancreas, and whoever taps out first is a loser. <laughs> I thought you were- I don't mind the chariot racing. I never have minded it uh, because men die in that. You know, that's bad. That's Absolutely. bad stuff. Yeah. The ancient Olympic Games occurred every four years, even they did, for the next 617 years. That is until Roman Emperor Theodosius outlawed pagan celebrations in 393 AD. Do you have a the reason why it was every four years, or is that just kind of what they just was like, it's going to be every four years? It just, yeah, I don't know that. And you know what? We can try to Google that. Okay. See, that's why I love you guys. That's why I love you guys with a heterosexual love that, is <laughs> wait, why do you knows, love us again? Knows no bounds because Be- we asked because he asked that question. Because you think you always think of, of things that I don't think of, man. You always think outside the box. Joe's bar for love is really low. <laughs> <Just notice. laughs> Sam asked a good question and, and he loves us both for it. Sam. I die for you. No, I, I get what you're saying though. You appreciate us and you also. You complete me. The, yeah, oh, there you go, Jerry Maguire. And a lot of times we finish each other's. Sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they had to have four years to get ready for that one foot race. <laughs> one foot race. I think Brian Regan has a bit on that because you you prepare for four years for the Olympics and it's like, and, or maybe it might be Seinfeld. But anyway, it's like, yeah, it is Jerry Seinfeld because he talks about like after it's over and you came in second, you're trying to explain to somebody how you lost. And it's like, I was this slow, like, from now to now, you know? Oh, like, yes. You know. Yeah, because at that elite level, first place and fourth fourth place. It's like decimal points. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't that suck? Yeah. Because, you know, if you're not the fastest in the world, no one gives a shit. But you're like, but I'm one-tenth of a second. Yeah, exactly. Away from fastest. Eh, whatever. There has to have been a race where someone broke the record in second and third and fourth place also would have broken the record. Oh, Yeah. I don't know. There has to be that. I bet so. But I mean, it's like, who cares? You know, it's right. like you ran better than most of the people in the whole world, but you came in second or third. Yeah. As long as there was some guy or gal faster than you, man, no one cares. And then like Seinfeld said, there, there. That's, that's how close it was. <laughs> Not now, but now. What do you got, Sambo? This doesn't really give the reason why it originally was every four years in the ancient games, but it just says to respect the ancient origins of the Olympic Games, which were held every four years at Olympia. The four-year interval between the ancient games editions was named an Olympiad and was used for dating purposes at the time. The time was counted in Olympiads rather than years. Oh, okay. That's kind of crazy. Well, now in modern times... It seems like it would take four years to get all that shit set up. Totally. And also, I mean, you have countries that have all the prelims and it basically boils it down to where they're sending the best of the best and 
you know, that's why it's so super competitive because you've had four years to get ready for... Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of right. But even the fact that they thought of that 3,000 years ago. Is yeah. But they were doing that crazy. when there was one little foot race. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang it. I lost. Now I got to wait four more years. Quiet your mind. I want you guys to visual everyone listening. Close your eyes unless you're driving okay. or using machinery. Think of all the things I that got I fired the day <laughs> Joe told me to close my eyes, and I ruined a whole batch of peeps. <laughs> peeps of all things. Worked in a peeps factory. That's what just popped in my head right now. <laughs> Get out of here! We're gonna be behind this Easter because of you. It's the podcast. I love Joe your told mind. me to close my eyes. <laughs> well, you burned all the peeps. They couldn't suck any more than they already do. Uh, <laughs> Those might have been good peeps. <laughs> A little crispy. Anyway, think about all the uh, the activities in the ancient games. I'm going to read, read through them again. So they're the foot race, obviously. Sure. Cart racing, horse racing, chariot racing, long distance running, boxing, wrestling, pancreation, which is fighting, wrestling. Now, every <laughs> bit of those was done. Buck naked. What? Yes. Uh-uh. Not even with sandals on, bro. Nothing. It was tradition that that all happened butt naked. Man. Sometimes pancreation actually turned to penetration. <laughs> Is that what? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Is the naked thing true or was that just it's true? Set, it's a setup. It to is your joke. absolutely true. Oh, it's absolutely true. Maybe it was like so no one could cheat. Maybe <laughs> you know. I don't know. So you wouldn't have some kind of like weapon on you. Is is he cheating? Well, I don't know. I can see his anus. <laughs> he definitely didn't sneak anything in. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> they were butt naked. I can't look. <laughs> Next time you get out of the shower, just walk briskly across your bathroom. Things slap. Things jiggle. It is not comfortable. I can't even imagine running or, like, kickboxing. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Play, fighting, wrestling, jogging, butt that naked. Maybe why it was four years in between. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be can, a lot of inner injuries. Can we not even wear a jock strap? <laughs> Things need to be controlled, man. <laughs> Uh, would be some interesting photo finishes, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> he won by a winger. No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then, after 1,500 years with no Olympics, the Games were resurrected. The first International Olympic Games held in modern history was in Athens, Greece, in 1896. Okay. Where it all began. The modern, except for I think people wore clothes this time. Okay. I think. The modern Olympics shared some contests with its ancient namesake, like wrestling and running, but introduced many new sports to the games, like cycling, gymnastics, shooting, rowing, swimming, and fencing. Okay. Naked fencing. <laughs> yeah. Right? <Yes. laughs> they don't even have the... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I just remember we would eat at certain restaurants... They would have those little swords that were like, you know, in the bread like and olives shit. and stuff. Yeah. Oh man, those fit perfect in a three and a half inch uh, GI Joe hand. <laughs> and I was like, I had a whole bunch of those. That's awesome. And then my GI Joes, they would get into little disputes, and that's the way they'd settle it. They'd do, 
little sword battles. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. That was that was playtime right there. You wasted nothing. I did not. Yeah, I threw the olives away though. Green <laughs> olives. I'm not eating those. No, who does? Who does? Right? My toddler does. But other than her, uh, maybe Golden Corral or, or Western Sizzling or something. Western Sizzling. It's probably Western. So I don't think Golden Corral was around when I was a kid. Anyway, but Western Sizzling is where I'd get those. Unlike later, the first games were almost entirely composed of Europeans, aside from the teams from the USA, and almost 70% of the competitors were Greek, and 100% were male. Okay. Uh, For those of you who want to add Australia to the non-European category, which I don't know who would know that, but someone might be like, Australians were there, actually. Um, (laughs) Golly! You just never know. That's true. Yeah. At this time, Australia consisted of a small group of British colonies that were European. So they were European as well. Yes. There's a little person that sits on my shoulder when I'm riding and is always like, someone's going to say this. And I just have to argue with that person all the time. It's that Jim Gaffigan voice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. My wife hates it, but I love when he uses that little voice. Yep. Oh, he talks about food all the time. Oh, he's anti-animal. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's perfect. He's the fattest crackhead I've ever seen. (laughs) He actually thinks these jokes are funny. Yeah. <laughs> that person is in my head yeah. all the time. Yeah, everyone has that person, but... Why would he say be, that? Don't be so hard on your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to talk about food the whole time? The second Olympic Games were held in Paris in 1900. Okay. Aside from being more inclusive and allowing women to compete, the second Games were a shambles. They were held at the same time as the World's Exhibition, which was also held in Paris, the World's Fair, and ended up being a sort of a sideshow to the World's Fair. The games were poorly marketed, had inadequate funding and organization, and were held in subpar venues. Runners had to compete on soggy, uneven fields, and hurdle jumpers had to leap over broken telephone poles. What? Yeah, that's what they had. Wow. So I wonder if it was like, instead of, you know, now it's all individual little hurdle things. I wonder if it was just like one long pole. I think so. Yeah. That was, you know, across the track that they all had to jump over. Oh, it probably was. Yeah. And probably like splinters galore. I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably the least oh, well, of their worries. Maybe, but and maybe they sanded it down. Hopefully. Telephone poles? That's what it said. Before telephones? That's what I, that's what I was wondering. Like, were they there? Were they around back then? Bro, like uh, telegraph poles. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's what it yeah. meant. That's a good observation. The telephone was invented in the 1870s. Okay. okay. This was, I stand corrected. This was 25 years later. So it, it could have been by then that the telephone pole was a okay. thing that existed. But surely it was poles that had yet to go up. Like, oh, we need a pole. Hey, go take that telephone pole down <laughs> over there. I know people are going to lose their... Uh, Ability to call it, make calls for a little while, but we got to do these yeah. Olympics. And we're not going to do this again for four years, so we'll just... We'll put it back up afterwards. <laughs> and then take it back down in four years. Now I wonder if they meant telegraph poles or if that is just inaccurate. Uh, Some sort uh, of pole. Yeah, yeah, it was a pole. Or Come maybe on. it was just a um, them just saying, like, this is what it was like. You know, oh, like, like a telephone yeah, pole. Like yeah. A telephone pole. Oh, totally. Yeah. I bet that's what it was. The third Olympic Games were really no better. They were initially set to be held in Chicago, Illinois. But once again, there was a World's Fair happening at the same time, this time in St. Louis, Missouri, 300 miles to the southwest. Boy, they yeah, they really didn't plan these things out and 
communicate with what else was going on at the time. They <laughs> didn't. And they always ended up combining with the World's Fair. And it never turned out good. Yeah. And I'm going to prove that again. Okay. Right now. The World's Fair that year was in celebration. Well, hold on. Yeah, well, hold It's on, because, on. so they had the World's Fair mm-hmm. in France mm-hmm. at whatever, like, what time of year was that? Oh, hell, I don't know. Oh, you didn't I just saw what that? year it was. Okay. No. So, the World's Fair was a reoccurring yearly thing, right? Was it, uh, was it yearly? No, it wasn't yearly. It was like every, maybe every four years. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't yearly. Okay. It was, I don't know. I mean, it might have been. It just happened that four years later, it happened in Chicago and not France, right? Yeah. Like it changed destinations. Yeah, it's very similar to Olympics when okay. they used to do those. Every five years Yeah, See, was it, the World's Fair. Yeah. So I wonder how that timed out then. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Or how long does the World's Fair last? Oh, see, that and the Olympics sometimes lasted for months. So they could have bled over each yeah, other. I yeah. don't know how long the World's Fair lasts. I mean, I would say several weeks. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. I bet they just bled over. We should do an episode on the World's Fair. It was really cool. Some of the stuff that people were amazed by that were kind of just yeah. flops. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. There was one year where they had the big, like it was a giant metal ball. It would almost look like Epcot, sort of. But it was like, it wasn't solid. I was reading about the World Fair one time. That was in the 40s, I think. I think it might have been 41. And uh, there's a, also a big metal spire. And I, and I was like, I wonder after it was over, what happened to those? And I found a great answer. They took those things down, scrapped them for the war effort. Of oh, course, wow. of course they did. Yeah. But everything. I mean, it's kind of cool that in a way, scrapped all that out and made tanks and weapons with it. I mean, I don't, I mean, it's not cool that it killed people, but I'm just thinking, I mean, it's like the American spirit, like, you know, anything for the war or whatever. Yeah. That's like the member of the buy war bonds and yeah. everybody yeah. was, everybody was contributing. I will say this real quick about uh, Spaceship Earth, I believe is what the Epcot. Yeah. Yeah. Was called. Yeah. Epcot. Yeah. Me and the kids went there last year okay. for the summer. And, you know, we went and rode Spaceship Earth. Okay. And as I was riding it, I was just thinking, like, I can't believe they fit all of this in here. It's pretty amazing. I've never been, but I've watched some videos about yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing Yeah, how they fit everything in there. I'd love to see it with the lights on or be able to walk through the thing or, you know, whatever. It's, if it's I could go cool. back in time and be something, I would want to go back and be one of those early Disney Imagineers. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, I've watched some documentaries and I've read some stuff about even watch on Disney plus. They yeah, have the behind a, the ride. That is a great one. Uh, yeah. And they, they even have the, the Disney world, like the original Disney world. That was a crazy, um, almost debacle. Yeah. Uh, of course, any theme park like that would be, but, uh, I don't know. I just like the spirit of innovation, but yes. it's like, it's for enjoyment and for like families. And, and that's a lot of effort in time and like uh, problem solving and science engineering that went into just like enjoyment for families. That's cool stuff. I, I think that's really well, cool. And the other thing I real quick about it is I, my parents took me to Disney World. I was probably in like the second or third grade, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we rode that then. And I don't think one thing has changed. It's like a timeless ride <laughs> is what's crazy. Yeah. You know, they've, yeah. they've probably done upkeep on it, but I don't think they've really modified much on it. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm just like, wow, it's it's crazy. It, it's it basically is cool. the same thing all these years since it's been built. Yeah. 
but they really haven't advanced it in sure. any way. Like yeah. it's, it's, it is what it always has been. Yeah. And so, but it's, it just seems timeless and it's still neat. It's still really neat. You yeah. Know? It's still really cool. It holds up. Yeah. And you have I all those, like. you have all the videos and stuff that kind of reinforce it throughout the whole year when you're not going to it. That's, that's cool stuff to me. Totally. That's all. Joe. I've never been. So I was just soaking it in. I've never been there. <laughs> yeah. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if I'd go oh, now. Yeah. Look up on YouTube. Just look up Spaceship Earth Ride. There's yeah, people cool. that go on with camera and they'll video the whole thing, you know. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Check it out. I'll do it. We'll recommend everyone check it out. Yeah. Everyone out there. <laughs> so, yeah. The World's Fair that year was in celebration of the 100 year anniversary of the Louisiana Purchase. Okay. And when the World's Fair organizers found out the Olympics were going to be held concurrently with their event, they pitched a fit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something different there. That's <laughs> they funny. pitched a good old-fashioned fit. <laughs> a wild-eyed fit, my grandpappy used to say. They feared the sporting expedition would rival the fair and insisted that it be moved to St. Louis and combined with the fair again. Wait. They thought it would rival it, but then they had it moved to St. Louis. Yeah, they well, they wanted it, yeah, to to happen within the World's Fair. So they were like, you know, the more people that come for that, they'll, uh, they'll come okay. to the fair too. It's all yeah. it's combined, okay, all on the same premises and all that stuff. Mm, that doesn't sound promising, but keep going. It's hilarious. The Olympic Committee, along with founder Baron Pierre de Courbatine, resisted. However, when the World's Fair organizers threatened to put on a rivaling contest to take attention away from the games. They were landed, and the third Olympic Games were set to be held in St. Louis. That's how that came about. Okay. I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> Just like four years earlier, though. We'll the- have our own races in wrestling. <laughs> well, okay, we'll move over Isn't there. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Like, you must not have very much uh, faith in your Olympics. Well, like, who did they think they were going to get to compete? They had all the good ones, you know? Like- yeah. We'll do our own exhibition. My cousin Larry can yeah, pick exactly. up a dumbbell with his wiener. We'll, <laughs> well show y'all up. Not exactly, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, we better go to St. Louis. We got the arch. Did they have the arch back then? When was there? No, they didn't. The arch wasn't built until like the, what, 40s or 50s? When was this? This was like 1904, I believe. Oh, yeah, the arch was 1963. Yeah, yeah. so never mind. Yeah. We're going to have the arch in like 60 years. That was when it was started. Okay. They they built it in the two pieces. Did you ever see anything about that? No. Yeah, they built it going up like this, and they had like a gantry in between, like holding it together. It's hard to explain since we're on a podcast, but Sam, you know what I'm yes. saying? Like, yeah. they built the two up, and they met in the middle, and then they had to put the middle piece in, but the middle piece wouldn't fit because the metal had expanded because it was hot. Wow. So they brought out fire trucks and sprayed the thing down with fire trucks. To cool the metal off wow. just enough where the middle piece would set in. Whoa, there. really? Yeah. yeah. Where That's all the one... windows and stuff are? Yeah, yeah, that piece to get that piece wow. fit in. But there was like a truss in between the two holding yeah. them in the meantime. Where they wouldn't fall. Yeah. That's, That's crazy awesome. too if you've ever been there to stand oh, there yeah. and, and look is. up at it. It's, it's pretty amazing. Have yeah. you ever been there, Joe? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've driven right by it. You would think in pictures it looks big, but when you drive by yeah. it, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. That thing is so tall. Well, it man. towers over the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, con- started construction in February 12th, 1963. Completed October 28th, 1965. Yeah. How tall is that thing? 630 feet. God dang. That's insane, guys. I've always had this thought where if you're like sitting on top of it, think of you're sitting on the very top of it and you just scoot your butt a little bit towards 
and a little bit more, a little bit more. Eventually, you're going to start sliding. It's it's kind of weird to think. Have about. you seen the uh, videos on YouTube of them cleaning it? No, because <laughs> it's stainless steel. Yeah, and so they go up there and they polish it. Oh, it's insane. Oh, I bet there's a roof hatch, and so they uh, tie down. Yeah, like yeah, harness. Them, yeah, they harness in, in yeah. and everything, and yeah, they're they do hang off the side. Like, oh, you know. that's crazy. It is the world's tallest arch, though. It is. Oh, okay. Just like four years earlier, though, the combination of the Olympics and the World's Fair did not do any favors for the Olympics. Hell, most people showed up to the events, thought the games were just a sideshow of the fair. They didn't even know it was the Olympics. No, that's not good. What also didn't help matters was that almost no other countries were represented in these games, mostly due to the remoteness of St. Louis and tensions in Europe from the Russo-Japanese War. I had to look this up. It was a war between the Russian and Japanese empires who were in conflict over Manchuria and Northeast Asia, as well as the Korean Empire. So I guess there was just a lot of tension. When was, like, like how did we get there in the first place? Like when they were in France or whatever, by boat? What, what do you mean? We, were we flying by then in like the 1800s? No, it was so, by ship. It was by so steamship. Yeah, yeah. We would have to go all Steam, that way steamers. by... Yeah, by yeah. steamers. Mm-hmm. It would be the same way even at this time. Yeah, 1904 They would have came over sure. by yeah. sea instead of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a hell of a rain. journey. And then once you got there, well, so... Oh, yeah, and then being that far inland. Yeah. Yes, the location, like you said, so far inland. This Like, like you guys literally just said, it was 1904. Long-distance travel was very difficult. The first and second Olympics were held in Europe, and it was mostly European countries. And, you know, all the European countries are just... Right. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Yeah. But the, and this made it easy for them all to participate. However, St. Louis is not only way over in America, but damn near in the middle of the country. Yeah. Like Sam said, most anyone competing who wasn't from North America uh, would have had to endure a long sea voyage followed by a train ride of nearly a thousand miles. Yeah. To get to the games. Yeah. No matter which way they went. Yeah. Hey, you want to go there and play second? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing, right? I would be like so tuckered after that right, exactly. journey. Talk exactly. about jet lag. <laughs> I don't know about they. I don't know if they had a term for train and steamship lag. Steam lag. Steam lag. Steam lag. Train I'm all lag. steam lagged. I kind of feel like it's January, but you're telling me it's October. <laughs> I would have tried to go a month before the game started. Yes, and just live yeah. and, and recuperate. I bet they probably did. I would imagine. You wouldn't want to get there five minutes before. <laughs> they would. <laughs> I haven't slept in four days. <laughs> Where, where's that shot put? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because of all these obstacles, uh, out of over 600 participants, and this is in the third games, over 500 were Americans. 50 were from Canada, and then the rest were from the other countries who managed to show up. Even Canada had a... Hall. Yeah. Who didn't show up to this was the modern Olympics founder, that Baron Pierre de Corbatine guy I mentioned. Uh, he was still pissed at having lost the bid to have the games in Chicago, so he just boycotted them. Mm. Right out of the gate, it was a disaster. But out of all the events at the third Olympic Games, the strangest and most chaotic by far was the marathon. This is the whole reason I wanted to do this whole episode, is okay. this marathon in the third Olympic Games. Okay. okay. It was a running contest just shy of 25 miles, part of which was to be ran around the stadium before the course wandered off into the streets and hills in and around St. Louis. Although the course was adequately marked throughout the city, 
It was not blocked off, and runners had to literally dodge horses, wagons, pedestrians, trains, and trolley cars to stay on the course. In fact, one of the two first black men ever to compete in the Olympics, a South African named Lan Tao, was chased over a mile off course by a stray dog. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh my gosh. What? That's how, yes, that's how unorganized dudes just running and a stray dog comes out of an alley and just chases him. For a mile? For a mile off course. Why not course. stay on course, though? I mean, if you're going to run from the dog, why not stay on course? He won by, by a landslide. So it's what they need is that dog. That well, dog was so I, I can see. So the dog comes in perpendicular. So the guy's <laughs> running straight and he would have T-boned uh, him. So the guy has to turn the left. There you go. <laughs> if that, the dog, I yes. could see that maybe. It's like, oh, it'll, he'll stop chasing me in a minute and then go back to the. Nope. Still chasing him. If the dog had only came up from behind. Yes. And just chased him from behind. But then everyone has record time. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's running from the dog. Here's a way to cheat. If I'm your manager and you're about to compete in that and it's this time in St. Louis, I put a T-bone in your back pocket <laughs> and I say, head out. And then, you, yeah. That's you it. Chased. That's it. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> they thought he'd chase him down the course and he ended up. It's that beef jerky you got in your back pocket. Imagine it. Like he's trained for that event forever and ever. And a dog chases him off course. Imagine how mad he is. And he can't be mad because he's scared too. You know, I'm like mad scared. Have you ever been mad scared? I don't think I have. I'm, man, I'm mad scared. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> you know what? That beef jerky in the pocket thing reminds me of another episode of SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say. Gary started to like Patrick more. Yeah, Sponge but he didn't really like him. No. Because why? Candy bar in his pocket. That's right. Yeah. And that whole episode... SpongeBob was tore up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was crazy. It was sad. And is that when he got the other one named Larry? I think so. Yeah. And Larry was a prick, man. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Prick snail. I just imagine I can remember Patrick standing there. Gary's just like, he's like, oh, oh, and Gary's just crawling all over. What? Why oh, on Jesus. earth did that snail? It made the cat meow. It was, it was so weird. I love it though. I'm not. It's brilliant, really. They have campfires underwater. Well, you know? yeah, and they go to the beach underwater too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Larry yeah. the lobster. I don't like to point those things out too much because I know it's very easy for someone to say, "Okay, you're pointing out the campfire underwater, and you're going to the beach underwater." It's a talking sponge. <laughs> like, come well, on, and like crab, at that point, yeah, and, and squirrel, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they lost me at the campfire. I'm not watching this show anymore. <laughs> you can't do that. It's fire underwater. What a bullshit show. Hey, I, since we're talking about SpongeBob, I got to talk an, about another favorite episode. <laughs> it's the Hash Slinging Slasher. I love yeah. that episode. Yeah. Doesn't he have spatulas for yeah. him? Yes, bro. Yeah. It's like, who is flickering the lights? Nosferatu. And he was like, I don't know. Yes. It's a great. That has a cool mood. And then the the one where he goes to the weird bus stop in the middle of nowhere. That's a freaky one. It is. It is freaky. Yeah. That big fish with the light thing. And <laughs> that's a very <laughs> like angler Someone did acid <laughs> before they wrote that episode. I, I love that one. I love that one. I think one of my favorites is where they find the cuss words written on the dumpster. Yes. <laughs> Them's not fancy words, boys. And it's is like a dolphin. dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> nice at day, isn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> then Mr. Krabs stubs his toe at the very end and starts using every cuss word known to man. And it's like buses yes. honking and crabs and dolphins. Anyway, I don't that know. That was the golden era. All those episodes yeah. are around the same time. Yep. The Pretty Patties, all those are the, the greatest yep. episodes for sure. They did a Bikini Bottom Olympics also. Oh, they did. I remember that. They Because SpongeBob and Patrick like stuck their thumb oh, in their mouth right. and like... <laughs> Became ripped. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then they found out that Patrick had uh, yellow underwear on and SpongeBob <laughs> yes! had pink underwear and yeah. they were like, hugging. Oh, yeah, because they were against each other and then that brought them back together. Yeah, again. because Plankton talked <laughs> yes. uh, talked Patrick into fighting for him. Yeah. So it was Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob. That's versus- right. <laughs> was that the one where all the grease got slung into the crowd? Yes, and it was. All- <laughs> Go ahead. I- I'm still in your thunders. There. <laughs> No, you can finish no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like bread and fish sticks. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and they were weren't they real? Like yes, yes, like was. really legit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Why did we talk for seven minutes? <laughs> SpongeBob is the greatest television show of history. I'll die on that hill. It is. I, oh no, but I like that's it. That's the genius like of SpongeBob, though. It is. It is. Uh, I had a kid one time that told me I was saying something about Spongebob and they were like, yeah, my, my parents won't let me watch Spongebob. And I was like, why? They said they don't want me to watch shows that make me dumber. Well, but it sounds like he talked like Spongebob. (laughs) (laughs) That was a Spongebob voice. (laughs) It kind of was, wasn't it? It was a a Freudian slip voice. (laughs) That make me dumber. <laughs> That's so ironic. <laughs> My dad was like, I don't want to watch your show make you dumber. <laughs> that was Patrick Starr, if no one knew. Yeah, no, that, that, was was like, that was good. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> all right, let's. Are you watching that dumb SpongeBob show? You watch your shows like that, boy. <laughs> What in tarnation? I'm gonna kick your butt. Now take this net and go out and catch some. Awesome. Remember that guy, Scooter? Scooter was his name. I looked it up. You got it, dude. Great show. I know what you're gonna say. What? Finish it. Well, I was gonna say uh, jellyfish. Yeah. Take this net out and do some jellyfish. Yeah. Uh, remember when Mr. Krabs <laughs> caught all the jellyfish and was forcing them to to make all the jelly? We got to stop. We got to stop. Gonna stop. <laughs> 20 minutes later, hey, you remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, this guy was chased off course by a dog. That's how we got to 18 minutes of SpongeBob. All right. <laughs> As if all this wasn't enough, it was August and temperatures that day were in the 90s. This marathon was called the Swamp Ass 500. (laughs) Sponsored by Gold Bond. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The only water station... This is crazy, guys. The only water stations provided... We're at miles six and twelve out of twenty-five. So the last half of it, they got no water. Wow! You, you want to know why? You want to know why? Why? Gonna tell us. This was not due to a lack. It wasn't like, oh, there's no water in St. Louis. 
the freaking Mississippi River runs through St. Louis. Mm-hmm. There's well, all kinds of water there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that there back then? They invent that yet? Did they dig out that mischief yet? <laughs> We're so damn stupid and I love it. It's my favorite. No, listen, a hot scientific topic of the day was the effects of dehydration on the human body. Okay. Turns out that organizers James Sul- the organizer James Sullivan just so happened to be a bit of a science nut, so he just decided to purposefully withhold water to observe the effects of dehydration My on the runners. Gosh. <laughs> How scientific. <laughs> so, unbeknownst to the athletes, they were a science yeah. experiment. <laughs> You know, I'm just going to try something, a little science experiment. Let's make them all be thirstier in hell. Yeah. You kn- I'll bet they run faster or die. <laughs> you know how it's 95 and you got to run 25 miles? Let's just not drink water. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make them lighter. I know that's <laughs> science. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, also, much of the course was on dusty roads, and that dust, combined with the fumes from the primitive cars serving as support vehicles, sputtering along behind the runners. Doesn't sound very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe in this carbon monoxide. <laughs> Can you go get me some water? Yeah. Water. <laughs> A Model A right behind you. <laughs> hey, remember that episode of SpongeBob when they went in the... No. Yeah. Oh, I was ready. I was on board. What? Which one? Let's do it. Well, when they went in Sandy's house for the first time. Oh, yeah. They turned into a sponge and a dried up star. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I imagine these runners like. Remember? SpongeBob's like, water. (laughs) It was just like on the movie where they got put in that aquarium. Oh, yeah. They were trying out. (laughs) Sorry. I thought you guys, I I figured you guys would like that reference. I thought you might be SpongeBob fans. Someone somewhere is like, again, what does SpongeBob? Jesus Christ. As in a voice like a SpongeBob character (laughs) from the audience. (laughs) Anyway, uh, again, on accident. You know who we haven't brought up yet who is amazing? Patchy the Pirate. Oh, yeah. Of course, that's Tom Kenny who does SpongeBob. Well, he's uh, great. Well, also a flying Dutchman, same same voice of flying Dutchman. Yeah. Davy Jones's locker. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, these poor bastards are running in 90-something degree heat, no water, dust coming up in their nose, fumes from these old Model A cars. Many of them got sick and had to bow out. Not Obviously, surprising, yeah. yeah. Two runners who had recently won the 1903 and 1904 Boston Marathons pulled out just after a few miles of the treacherous course. Hmm. One began to vomit from all the dust and fumes while the other simply collapsed from heat exhaustion. A runner from California named William Garcia collapsed and nearly died. After arriving at the hospital, doctors discovered massive amounts of dust in his lungs and esophagus, as well as so much in his stomach that a lining had ripped. Wow. wow. Yeah, I was bleeding internally. Did anybody finish the marathon? Yes. Wow. Turns out the dog chasing the one guy is like luck. Because as That's soon as the true. dog quit chasing him, he's like, well, I'll just go get me a drink of water. <laughs> How far in was he? I don't know. Oh. It may have said. I don't know. You don't know any of my questions. I don't. Tonight, not, I don't. I've literally not known a single one. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, you suck. We're hiring a new researcher. What kind of research are you doing? <laughs> American Frederick Lors started out the race strong, but by mile nine, he had to drop out due to severe cramps. Hmm. He was picked up in a car to be driven back to the stadium, but the car broke down after driving 11 miles. 
At this point, Fred decided to run the last few miles because he kind of got an arrest, right? He was the first to arrive at the stadium. So did he win? Not knowing he'd ridden most of the race in the car, the crowd cheered and he was declared the winner. <laughs> That's like there's an episode of Fresh Prince where Jeffrey runs a marathon and he gets in like a taxi and goes, does the whole thing. Maybe they got their inspiration from this. They probably did. That's amazing. What? So he just like, he went with it. He went, well, yeah, he didn't get away with it. Oh, uh, okay. Obviously, we know because we know. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I didn't know if it was like later on, like it was like a big investigation. Like he was on his deathbed or something. Yeah. I didn't finish that. <laughs> Where he's like laying there in his final words, he like just motions in. Like, come on. <laughs> You're painting a good picture, Sam. <laughs> you really are. There was a car. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? I rode the last 11 miles <laughs> in a car. I didn't ruin. <laughs> no, so he shows up. Everyone's like, yay, thinking he'd won. Alice Roosevelt, the daughter of the president, Theodore Roosevelt, she was there. She was about to place the medal around his neck when someone shouted that he had cheated. Poppycock! <laughs> I figured hey! that's what they yelled back then. Poppycock! He cheated! How did they know? I don't know. Maybe they saw him get out of the car over there. They saw him get out of the car! <laughs> Sam, I do know. Well, that's a weird thing for but a runner to a do. Yeah, but they saw him get out way back. I don't know, man. I have not known a single answer to your questions. Are you doing this on purpose? They You're just knew, me... okay? <laughs> they just knew. No. I, that's a good question, though. But that's okay if you don't know the answer. I'm fine with that. I'm glad someone is. Let's paint our Maybe the next one no, I'm just gonna keep trying to stump him now. <laughs> oh, you're you're gonna try to throw make him throw a shutout. Yep. Right. Okay. How many people were in the crowd? I don't know, Sam. Speaking <laughs> of throwing a shutout, <laughs> yeah, I watched some Nolan Ryan video today. Oh yeah, the goat. I know Joe's not a sports guy. Well, I watched that Netflix, some of that Netflix series, and that was neat. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, there's a Netflix series about Nolan. Wow. I'm it's cool. Watch it's it. really cool. It, I was just scrolling Facebook, and there was like a reel popped up where he threw. A first pitch at uh, oh, a yeah, more recent yeah, game. Yeah, I saw that. And that was dude, on the... he like he still brought it. Yeah, he did, and he still wound up for yeah, it. He, he brought the, yeah. the knee up and everything. Joe, this this guy's like now he's like a farmer, and and you'd never I've actually know heard of Nolan Ryan. Yeah, I know, but just by just the way he looks, you'd never know that Hall of Fame pitcher. But that guy was an ultimate competitor. Yeah. He would scare people into like he'd throw at people. Question though. On purpose. Was this guy in the, like, Jose Canseco steroid area? Uh, era. I mean, he he played. He was still playing then, but he definitely wasn't. I don't think you he don't was think on roids? No, okay. not at all. I mean, the main thing is uh, he didn't have a giant neck and head. <laughs> That's the one reason that I don't think he right. did, okay. unlike some of these guys. Okay. No, he could just throw. And and a lot, I think a lot of people even say it was that wind-up. Like, he, he almost need himself in the face, he would bring yes. his leg up so high. Yeah. And that was, I think, a lot of the factor of how fast he could throw, or, you know, just his delivery of the ball. Yeah. yeah. Is he would use that. Like momentum. You know, all or... that momentum. Yes. Yeah. And because he wasn't a big guy. And he, I think he was kind of tall, but he wasn't a big guy. Yeah. No, but like, he, yeah. Uh, he holds the records for shutouts and um, strikeouts. Yeah. I, no, and I don't no think, hitters, yeah. I don't think they'll ever, I don't think he'll ever be. Yeah, uh, 
it's it's just crazy. This is the competitor this guy was. I I was a baseball fan when I was a kid, and any time any of my teams played him, I was like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. He's just a regular guy yeah. that just just a phenomenal pitcher. Yeah, yeah, and a fierce competitor. Yeah. Anyway, big ups to Nolan Ryan. There yes. we go. He played for the Royals, the Rangers. 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 Knew it started with an R. The, yeah, the Rangers. <laughs> Close. The Astros <laughs> before the Rangers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Had a little bit of a rocky start, but then once he started, once he turned it on, he was on. Cool. Yeah. All the way until he was old, right before he retired, he was still doing well. He's probably not that old now, like 60s maybe. Oh, he's probably in his 70s. Yeah, I would say older than that. Yeah. Maybe 70s? Yeah. Because his heyday was like, what, early 90s? Uh, late 80s, late early 80s, 90s, okay. I would think. Or maybe mid 80s and early 90s. Okay. He's, he's 75. Yeah. 75, damn. Yeah. I guess that makes sense, though. That adds up. That adds up. In the Netflix thing, it's neat. They interview him, and it's neat to hear him talk because he talks about some of those old games and rivalries and stuff. And to, to hear uh, people that batted against him talk, they were like, yeah, you know, that guy was a competitor. I'll watch it tonight. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's very good. I think there's multiple parts. I think I watched one part, I think, maybe. Anyway, I'm bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, and you can leave this in, uh, today at lunch, I ate a huge deal of bread, beans, and rice, and then a huge deal of chili. And then on the way over here, I ate a Wendy's hamburger, and I farted like probably seven times in here during the course of this podcast. Yeah, I know you farted earlier. Too. <laughs> okay, I didn't. I didn't Before know we started. <laughs> right, so I just. Well, and you used and you used my bidet earlier. Did, bidet, so, mate. Yeah. I'm just wrecked. It, right all, now. it all contributed to that. <laughs> so I apologize. I didn't know if over the course of the last. I'll be sure to Febreze the couch you're sitting on. <laughs> you might want to just disinfect this cushion. I'll, I'll Why flip, do you? Th- I'll flip the cushion. <laughs> Yeah, why do you think I moved over here about 40 episodes ago? <laughs> Was it that many? I don't know. I'm why guessing. did Sam in, in, install one of those bathroom air fans yeah. right Directly above my... above you? <laughs> Anyways, I'm just human, guys. Don't make me feel self-conscious. I'm only human. There's also, there's also a return air vent with a HEPA filter right behind you. So. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Redbeard Sound, the freshest studio this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> no thanks to Joe. <laughs> Quiet your mind. So, the guy catches a ride and then runs the last mile or two, shows up, everyone thinks he's won, right? Yeah. And then daughter of president. Yeah. About to put the, and then someone goes, hey, he cheated. So, puppy going, when, when is, when this came to light, Frederick tried to claim that it was just a prank. And he had not intended on keeping the medal. Oh, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. He went, <laughs> Yeah. That's for selling out your values. <laughs> um, the crowd didn't believe him, and they booed him off stage. He was banned for life after that from any further uh, races. <laughs> he should have just immediately, when they started cheering, like, no, 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 no. I know. But he's just going to ride the wave, wasn't it, he? It took him over, and he was like, yeah, yeah he wanted that. He wanted it. He wanted yeah. the loosh. Yeah, felt too good. So he was banned for life, a ban that was lifted two months later when he apologized. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not joking. You're banned for the life of a beetle. <laughs> yeah, you didn't say what life? A housefly. Housefly. Is it two weeks? Yeah. That's funny. They're like, you're banned for life. And then a few months later, he's like, he called, maybe it'll work. I don't know. So he calls him up. I'm sorry? Yeah. Okay. Wait, was there a question mark behind that? (laughs) Sounded like there was. 
Listen, though, the, the, the truth of it was he was a talented runner because immediately after being allowed to compete again, he entered the 1905 Boston Marathon and came in first place. Oh, wow. So he could actually run. How much run. of that did he ride in a car? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, yeah, maybe he just did it again. He might have. And he wasn't caught. Figured out a different way. The runner who had the hardest time was undoubtedly Thomas Hicks. This poor bastard nearly died. Hicks was another American who had also started out strong but suffered early on. His condition only worsened, and before long, he was being aided by two handlers, one on either side. Yes, that was loud. You could have people handle Carry you. you. <laughs> people could handle you on the. Yeah, uh, it gets worse. Just buckle in. As the miles wore on, he begged his handlers to allow him to drop out of the race, but for some reason, they refused. Put me down. Yeah. No. Yeah. Please put me down. No. No, you're going to win this, like it or not. What's worse? Fair uh, and square. Remember, he wasn't allowed any water. But he's allowed handlers. <laughs> but they did get a damp sponge and moisten his mouth with it. Well, the only things that his handlers allowed Hicks to ingest during the race was, and I'm not kidding, egg whites, brandy, and strychnine. Oh, oh, wow. Strychnine. <laughs> yes, it's a very, very poisonous and lethal poison. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It kills you by paralyzing your respiratory muscles, causing you to suffocate. However, very small doses of the poison induce violent muscle spasms, which 120 years ago was interpreted as performance enhancing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you seizure your way all the way to victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you kill wow. the dead. Pretty yeah. much. Oh, Hicks. Mm. Hicks was given several small doses of strychnine throughout the race, and eventually he became delusional. <laughs> yeah. Still he kept going, sort of, because he was he was carried across the finish line by his handlers before they finally let him collapse to the ground. So the handlers got to drink water though, right? Probably. Probably. That's so, why they were so resilient. Yeah. They probably drank it right in front of them, didn't they? <laughs> Passing it back and forth. Yeah. Can I have some? No, eat your strychnine. Shut up. Don't touch it. If you do, it's cheating <laughs> as we carry you. This is, I can't get past it. <laughs> it took an hour for doctors to revive him so he could receive his gold medal. Yes, this was totally within the rules of the 1904 Olympic Games. Hey, wow. what happened? You've won. <laughs> Yay. Oh, my gosh. Dead guys no, on horses me, winning races. Yeah. Let me just slip into a coma now. I'll celebrate later. <laughs> Let the strychnine wear off. Yes. But this this dude right here is the, this out of this crazy marathon, this guy was the gold nugget. Okay. The most colorful of the Olympic marathon runners was a guy named Felix Carbiel. Felix was a 30-year-old mailman from Cuba. He was a slight little guy, standing at five foot three, weighing 120 pounds, with a giant mustache that Mario would envy. He was not a professional runner, but he worked as a courier in the Mambi Army during the Cuban War for Independence. During that time, he would often run 30 miles a day, delivering messages. After, wow. he yeah, after hearing of the Olympics, he insisted on representing his country in the Games, but when he went to the Havana City Hall to ask the mayor... How many miles was the whole race? 25. 25. It's a day off for I him. Yeah. yeah. It, it literally was. It's it's pretty awesome. It's like, why wouldn't I run it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's amazing. Sorry I had to just point that out. No, that's good. That's less than his nine to five. 
<laughs> That's crazy. He's like, huh? and people get to carry him. I mean, what a deal. Bunch of pussies. <laughs> I go run. I run more than 30 miles to the fridge. Um, I don't know how Cuban people talk, but that was just. I don't think like that. No, I doubt it. <laughs> I was still thinking he sounded like Mario since, since you brought up the mustache thing. It's a me, Mario. <laughs> Where is the finish line? <laughs> that's Mario now, but that's not a stereotypical uh, uh, representation of Italian people. Uh, yeah, don't be racist against video game characters. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he wants to represent Cuba in the games. So he goes to the Havana City Hall. He talks to the mayor. Mayor laughs him out of the office. He's like, get out of here. Ha <laughs> you could never run five miles less than you do every day. <laughs> and then he laughed him out. So he goes, <laughs> laughed him right out of the office. Please save that laugh, Sam, and bring it in periodically. I love that laugh for some reason. <laughs> that sounds like Wario. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, as legend has it, Felix proceeded to run circles around the building all day. What? Yeah. Soon a large crowd had taken notice, as well as the mayor, who eventually emerged from his office holding the order of transportation that allowed Felix to participate. That's as legend has it now. That's no legends are. We'll find I'm just going to run around the building till you relent. That's kind of cool. It may have worked like after hour four, he's like, damn. I just picture... Forrest Gump when he goes running out of the off the, the, plant, off the plantation and then he just doesn't stop. So this guy just runs around the building the whole time. It's a good thing he didn't run so much. He grew like a giant beard. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he passes the mayor's window, his beard gets a little longer. <laughs> he has a bubble gum hat on. I can see it. <laughs> Nikes, red and white Nikes. Aren't weren't they red and white? I think, yeah. Yeah, guess I'll go home now. <laughs> Oh, boy. No, that's cool that he was like, okay, well, I'm just going to bug you, <laughs> you know? So he gets the permission, but the next issue was to pay for the trip. So Uh-oh. I guess they weren't going to pay for it. Okay. Felix was a man of modest means and could uh, not afford to travel or lodging expenses uh, over to St. Louis. What do you do? Go to the bank and run around the bank? <laughs> oh, what does? Okay, here's the money to go run. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to need some food to take with me. Runs around a restaurant. (laughs) Why is Felix running around the cat house? Well, (laughs) Felix was determined and he managed to raise enough donations to finance his trip simply by walking door to door and telling people his story. Or running door to door. I was running. (laughs) Door to door. Door to door. However, after arriving in New Orleans... He lost the remainder of his funds and was forced to hitchhike the additional 650 miles to St. Louis. Some say he gambled the money away. Others say he was robbed. But most say he gambled the money away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, my gosh. You just did a Norm MacDonald SNL <laughs> weekend update bit. If you did that again in the Norm MacDonald voice, it would be perfect. I wish I could do a Norm voice. I no would... one really can. No. The only person I've ever seen do it pretty well is Jim Brewer. Oh, really? Jim Brewer does a really good Norm MacDonald. I would never not talk like Norm if I could. Yeah. Thankfully for Felix, he was a very jovial and likable guy, and the American weightlifting team took a liking to him and gave him room and board after arriving to the games. Now, remember, backtrack, he hitchhiked the 650 miles from New Orleans to St. Louis. They probably, like, bench-pressed him. You said he weighed, like, 120. yeah. Yeah. That's probably a good warm-up. Uh, like, you were very strong. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> now he's Borat. 
I'm sitting, I can't do jack shit with voices tonight. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's SpongeBob no, no, stuff. No, I mean, I think you nailed Borat just now. <laughs> don't don't say you're doing bad on voices. I love Borat. Also, because he had quite literally arrived in St. Louis with nothing but the clothes on his back, he showed up to the marathon wearing a button-up white shirt and dress pants. Feeling sorry for him, an American discus thrower found a pair of scissors and cut the legs off Felix's trousers, making a hastily made pair of shorts. There's a picture of this. Really? If you look up Felix, C-A-R-V-A-J-A-L, there's going to be a picture of a little skinny man with a huge mustache and a white button-up dress shirt with some cut-off dress slacks standing. It's a black and white photo. I might, I'll put it on our social meds when we do the episode. Oh, oh yeah. They, they cut them long. Yeah. Yeah, but for that day, that's... Those are probably shorts. You that's know? that's the real dude, man. They, they slapped the number three on his on the front of him. Yeah, too. see, look at that mustache. Look at that gambling addict. Hey, look at that. Uh, look at that cartoon of him. That's kind of cool. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that neat? Yeah. But yeah, that's the real guy, man. That's that's the legend himself. Imagine that guy running around the bank wanting donations. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that cool? That there, there's very few pictures, but there are some some pictures of this. Oh, wait, he weighed next to nothing. He didn't have very good chances. I'm afraid you're gonna see something bad's gonna happen. I like this guy now. Well, you're you're gonna like him more. Okay, cool. So yeah, he, he's just got his redneck pants that they've cut off. There's so he's the handlers. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, that's uh that's Hicks with his handlers. So I, I'm gonna take this back. You know, I mean, you you don't have a lot of extra weight to pull with you. I'm feeling a little better about you're, it. You're about his chances? Yeah. Well, so, here we go. <laughs> and he's, running sh- he's in running shape. Here we go. I but I'm sure I'm about to, I mean, he's a, something bad's going to happen, I think. So he's overcome a lot of adversity, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. To get there. So, you would think that that he just put every ounce of determination into that race, right? I'm think, I'm, I am I got like a Rudy spirit on this guy. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. Have you seen that movie, Joe? A long time ago. Yeah, it's a great movie. Like years ago. You're not a football guy, but I bet you... I bet you like that. Wasn't movie. it like sad at the end or like uh, emotional at least? Yeah, emotional, not sad. Go. Yeah, I remember I remember feeling that. Inspiration. No. Inspiration. Inspiration. Emotion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, almost made me want to pick up the pigskin. Yeah. Not really, but anyway. So yeah, he's he's just gonna give it his all, right? Balls yes. to the wall. Yes. Not really. He stopped several times to chat with spectators during the race, snatched two peaches out of a passerby's car when they weren't looking. And wandered off into an apple grove to eat to eat apples at one point. <laughs> he came all that way and he Oh man. I'm not done. The apples, by the way, gave uh, Felix a tummy ache, so he had to stop and rest a while to recover. Despite all this rest shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was spraying it out behind a tree. <laughs> Sorry, that was real graphic. He didn't know have- always had a way of explaining them so things where I can understand them. Very good, Joe. Despite all of this, he did make uh, fourth place. Okay. Dang. He really did. But he did all that. He could have won. I know, right? You freaking could have won. You oh, took a nap. You man. took a shit break. You stole fruit. <laughs> and you came in in fourth place. <laughs> that guy cut <laughs> he the just shorts came. off or he cut the pants off and they put a number three on all him. All that. And he didn't even get a medal. No, he, that's he true. Got he a didn't medal. get a medal. Yeah, he could have got a medal. Well, out of the 32 runners that began this race, 14 finished. Everyone said Felix floated across the finish line looking spry and well-rested. Well, because he was. (laughs) He was. 
We got to snort on I've never snorted on this podcast before, yes. but that made me snort. The bar has been set a little higher. It was a snort of disgust, sort of, though, <laughs> just to be to be fair, to be honest. I couldn't. I, I We have to still talk about this guy for a little bit. Okay. After this is, we'll end with this, but after the Olympics, Felix decided to remain in St. Louis for a while. He even joined the Missouri Athletic Club. He liked it there. Okay. Eventually, though, he began to miss his native Cuba and he returned home. But when the chance to run in the Olympics came again, this time back in Greece, the home of the games, Felix jumped at the chance. Oh, yes. Redemption. Yeah. He traveled from Cuba to Italy, but never arrived in Athens. The games came and went with no sign of Felix, and eventually he was declared dead. Obituaries were printed in papers across Cuba, and the nation mourned the loss of its first Olympian for a while. Uh-oh. And he got lazy again. <laughs> Several months later, he found a giant peach crow, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> it took him a while to use way out. Anyway, this is amazing. Keep going. A few months later, a Spanish steamship made land at Havana, Cuba, and a small, dirty, tired-looking man with a huge mustache staggered into customs, claiming to be Felix Carvajal. The attendant at first did not believe him. He weighed 75 pounds more than what he did when he left. <laughs> he said, no, you're not. Felix is dead. Everyone knows that until this guy produced the necessary papers. It really was him. Felix continued to run for the rest of his life. He ran his, my, his final marathon at age 73 and died of a heart attack just a few days later on January 27th, 1949. We've got a gap in the story here. Like, where? what was uh -oh. he doing? Uh-oh. Are you going to be able to answer this question? Yeah. Sam's asking where he, what, yes. what he did. Oh, okay. Here's one that he's going to be able to answer. I just didn't. I didn't write it in the notes, but he, it's not that interesting. He just started like mailman in again and ran marathons. Else? No, in Cuba. He no, just, no. The, the gap in the story of like, he left to go to the Olympic games. Oh, they don't he know. He returned. Yes! They don't <laughs> know! Oh, I did it! <laughs> no! No, wait! I pitched the shutout. No! <laughs> he started an interpretive dance company and was a barista at a coffee shop for a few months and worked his way up to come back there, Sam. Stick no, that in your pipe man. and smoke it. I'm not it. I don't know. I think that was pulled out of the old bunghole. It there really was. I don't know. Yeah. And not where the wine comes from. <laughs> no. Uh, but just as clean. That That is a good question, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just like, he probably got on the road. He's headed there and he just remembered what happened last but, time. No, I think it's like what, yeah, like what you said. He found a, like a grove. <laughs> he found something. <laughs> something, yes. He found a casino or <laughs> something. Yeah. Oh, it's true because he was, he, he, he was in Italy. Possibly gambled his money away. He made it though. to Italy. I still like this guy. I, even though he, he, he botched that other Olympic, uh, the Olympic, the only Olympic performance he went to. I, it seems like he lived life to its fullest. I mean, even though he didn't do the thing that everyone wanted him to go to the Olympics and that he thought that he ran for, but that he thought he wanted to, he ran for, but I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like he had a cool life anyway. Yeah. He, he definitely just did whatever he wanted. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. On his way to Olympics, he found something he else played that, by his own rules. He yep. did. He definitely did. You know how when you're like driving to work in the mornings and you drive to work, well, if you're Felix, you'd just like halfway, you'd just drive to Atlantic City and do blow and a couple of hookers <laughs> and wake up 
not knowing your name the next week. That's probably what he did. That's just no. He like it makes me think of <laughs> you know the gif of Mr. Bean just waiting. Yeah, like yeah. that's just kind of him. Like he's just like I'm just gonna sit here for a while. And, <laughs> yeah, in this field. Yeah, I mean that's th- what's weird about that first Olympic thing. It's weird that he'd run around the building and protest because they wouldn't let him do it. So it's almost like you would never expect him to go and then go to a peach orchard. <laughs> you just like kind of halfway give up. I don't understand. It's it. so bizarre. I don't, I don't understand it. It's like, I, you know, I don't have a quitter's mentality. <laughs> what, what are those? Peaches? Those look <laughs> delicious. Those are in the back of somebody's car. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like weird. Yeah, they were in the back of somebody's yeah, car, weren't so they? The story, the full story is he asked the people if he could have one of the peaches and they uh, said no. And then when they didn't look, he stole, he just grabbed two and ran. I'm going to take one in. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't he grab the peach and run and place really highly, you know? If not for that apple growth. Yeah, then he stole And then the apples. Them. Yeah, God that's it, he, true. He liked apples. He's never, he probably never had fruit before. Maybe not. Maybe in Cuba there's no fruit. <laughs> and they're like uh, plantains or something down there. Yeah, I would think. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe never had apples or peaches. Maybe changed his whole life. <laughs> Millions of peaches, peaches for me. He would have loved that song. He would have. <laughs> this, I think, was just a couple of more uh, things about the 1904 Olympics. There was a tug of war competition. Okay, it was the only Olympics to ever feature the a depth diving competition. What? A depth dot like I don't know if they had a tank or if it was in the river, but they they had something set up to measure how deep each person oh, okay. could dive. Okay. A depth diving. Okay. Well, I, I thought you were gonna say I thought it was something way more morbid, like the tank is ten feet. Now it's nine. Now it's eight. Oh. Now it's seven. Oh, and they're diving like off of a I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. That's oh my yeah. god. That would have been just better. thinking history is brutal. I was I don't know. Uh, a German-American gymnast named George Iser won six gold medals despite having a wooden leg. Wow. Yeah. He, at, what, at what event? Uh, he, I don't know. He just won six medals at various events. Oh. With his wooden leg. Who's the guy we just talked about that had the wooden leg? Was it Governor Morris? I don't know. Or the other guy? It was just the last episode. It was, <laughs> it was just last episode. Remember, he had the wooden leg and some people, it was Governor Morris. Because some people thought he had it, he got it uh, cut off after a carriage. Oh wreck. yeah, I remember that. And then other yeah. people thought yep. he jumped out of some some hoa's window. It's just, yeah, that's he's right. just a hoa. So yeah, but, but I that's mean, it. That's all my notes. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to think what events. I probably let a six second long fart while we were talking just a few minutes ago, and the fact that neither of you have smelled it is testament to your bidet, Sam. That is incredible. Not that it would make your body gases not have any odor. But hi, Ashley. <laughs> I, I, she knows a lot about me. I smell my own breath this entire these entire episodes because of your coffee. Yeah, yeah, coffee, and then the mic. I smell yeah. coffee after I drink all my coffee and through it. the whole podcast, uh, and that's why I drink coffee, Joe. <laughs> Figured out a long time ago if I spit coffee into this mic, that's what I smell. The this whole is time. not an every time thing, guys. I don't want to. It's this is rare. <laughs> just every two or three episodes. I just felt right? the need to talk about it a lot. It's because of the uh, his diet coming into this. Today. Yeah, today yeah. was not good. Today was red bad. beans and rice. And yeah. what else? You what just you a big old greasy hamburger. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, grease grease the pipes. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, thanks for listening to uh, some of the just funniest darn stories I've ever heard about the Olympics. 
<laughs> right? Okay, 1940s dad. <laughs> and some SpongeBob recap. Yes! Well, quite a few, about 12 episodes we talked about, probably. <laughs> For 20 minutes. 12 there. of the best. <laughs> yeah. I, I guarantee after this, when Sam hits play, I'll look at my phone and Sam will look it up. If we look at top 10 SpongeBob episodes, I bet most of the ones we mentioned are on the top 10. Probably so. I guarantee it. We'll check it out. We'll let you guys know next The time. Snowball Fight was another good one. Oh, yeah. Hit. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes. Very good. Which, which was the one that had the Sand in My Buns song? Oh, uh, yeah. That's the, that's the, the, but the pain is so much That's worse. the one where they're doing the weightlifting on the beach and he's trying to impress Sandy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're still doing it. We're still yeah. talking about SpongeBob. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> this was a blasty blast. Come back and listen to us next time. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about UFOs and uh, we're going to have Mr. James Dunham back in the studio with us. Yep. Next week. So we are. Stay tuned. Let me tell you about some fellas I know Named Ivan, Sam, and Joe They got themselves a little podcast, you know and They talk about everything under the sun That they find interesting, spooky, or fun and They sure ain't trying to impress no one The remedy to too much time on your hands is Take a little to the dawn of Manti We talk about killers, monsters and cults French mates from hell, disappeared folks Occasionally throw in a few dad jokes They try to make every story extra nice By adding their own ginger spice not one time or two, but thrice. Right, 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 right. The remedy to too much time on you hands is take a little listen to the dawn of Manti. Now I'm sure these fellas will be around for quite a spell. Cause there sure ain't no shortage of stories to tell. Cause this old world's as weird as hell. Even if nobody listened, you know they'd maintain a fine disposition. Cause shooting the breeze is kind of their mission. The remedy to too much time on your hands is take a little listen to.